0: Yeah, I look back at Syracuse, it has had a huge, huge impact on my career in so many levels uh, that sometimes you can't even explain because like you have the coaches, you have the veteran players, you have the, you know, the workers around there and everyone that's a part of it, uh, you know, they're all part of your success.
1: Hi, welcome to Crunch Chronicles. I'm Lucas Favalli. It's great to be with you here today as we really get underway now with this brand new show, Crunch Chronicles. We're very much looking forward to this. It's, it's kind of been a, a thing in the works for a number of years. We've talked about it and, and have wanted to get it done, but this is a very exciting time for us now as we really get to dive into the past and the present of the Syracuse Crunch. I mean, there's been so many stories, so many wonderful people who've come through Syracuse over the years in association with the Crunch. It's kind of hard to believe this is year number 28. The Syracuse crunch 28 years, my goodness, going back to 1994 and might be even harder to believe that this upcoming season, the 2021 2022 season will be the 10th year, the 10th year. As an affiliate of the Tampa Bay Lightning, that is astounding. Uh, You know, I was here as an intern at the very start. It feels like just yesterday, but here we are heading into year number 10 with the Tampa Bay Lightning, the 10th season. So we're very much looking forward to that. And obviously, because of all of that, there are so many people who have come through Syracuse over the years, and uh, there are so many stories to tell, so many wonderful people to talk to and get to know again, see where they are now. Get an update of what's going on in their lives, and and talk about their time in Syracuse as well. So that's what that's what the show's going to be about over the next uh, next m- couple of months and years. Getting a chance to reacquaint ourselves with people who have played for the Crunch, uh, going way back to 1994. So if you have anyone in mind you'd like to hear from, you can always reach out to me uh, via email, l.favali at syracusecrunch.com. Let us know who you want to hear from, of course, uh, over the course of uh, the next, uh, well, however long this runs, over the next uh, months and years uh, of Crunch Chronicles. There's so many people to go through, and we're going to try to get through everyone, but there's someone in particular you want to hear from first. You certainly let us know there, El Favali at SyracuseCrunch.com. Okay, but that's enough of that. Let's get to today's guest on Crunch Chronicles, and we kick things off with a really special guest, a guy who played uh, here in Syracuse a pretty long time ago now. It, again, things have gone so quickly, but uh, Pat Maroon is our guest here today, and he first came to Syracuse back in 2010, so over a decade ago. He was here when the Crunch were affiliated with the Anaheim Ducks. Only two years with the Ducks. And he was here for both of those seasons, acquired early in the season in 2010 and played two seasons in Syracuse, two very successful seasons in Syracuse, and which, of course, we'll get to with Pat Maroon. But boy, Pat Maroon has become kind of the fairytale story in the NHL over the last couple of years. Uh, three consecutive Stanley Cups. And Pat is kind of a special one for, for us here in the Crunch. He came through Syracuse. Obviously, the Crunch changed affiliations while he was with the Ducks organization. And then he joined the Lightning a couple of years ago. And so kind of got turned and pulled back into the fold a bit. Not here in Syracuse at that point, but with the Crunch's parent club. The Tampa Bay Lightning. So a unique journey for Pat Maroon and for us to reacquaint ourselves with Pat Maroon. But uh, three years ago, he won a Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues, a hometown kid winning the Cup with the Blues. Then he signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning and he's won two straight with the Lightning as well. So three consecutive Stanley Cup championships for Pat Maroon. He is uh, the envy of the NHL world these days. And a great guy to talk to, a great guy to uh, start our journey with here on Crunch Chronicles. A, a man who, like we said, kind of turned his career around in Syracuse when he joined the, uh, the Crunch back in 2010. And it has been a wonderful career to follow since then. And we are so happy that he is our first guest here on Crunch Chronicles. It is Tampa Bay Lightning forward, Pat Maroon. Thanks for
0: having me. My summer's great. It's uh, been... I guess, short, to say the least. I've only been home for like four or five weeks now, so it's been a very uh, short off season, but it's been great. Uh, right now I'm driving up to Chicago with uh, my son Anthony, and I get to go watch him play in a little showcase tournament here, so really looking forward to that. So it's been busy with him. His season's starting to amp up here soon, so I get to watch some hockey before I, I take off back to Tampa. So it's been a it's been a good summer but a short summer yeah
1: I, we were just talking before we got rolling here how I, I guess that's the goal though is to have short a summer as possible and and you certainly had a couple of short ones here three consecutive stanley cups uh, what's it like i just got to ask what's it like to be you right now you, you've won three straight stanley cups you won one with your hometown st louis blues back-to-back with the tampa bay lightning what is it like to be a pat maroon here over the last couple of years
0: yeah, it's been amazing. I've been blessed. I've been fortunate to be on, you know, two really good hockey teams. And uh, as a kid, you dream of uh, winning Stanley Cups your whole life. You know, you visualize those moments when you're a young kid in the basement or on the street scoring a big goal or, you know, hosting the Stanley Cup over your head. And I've, I've dreamt of that my whole life. And to be a part of that has been, you know, unbelievable and um, historic. And, you know, I you know, I being in history and being so many few to win three in a row. And, uh, you know, I've been lucky and, uh, I can't thank my teammates, my family around me. And, you know, they've been a big support and they've, they've helped me along the way to get where I'm at. And like I've told people before, you know, the ultimate goal is when you, when you hit the pinnacle of your careers, which is playing in the NHL. And, uh, after that, it's, you know, winning the Stanley Cup. And that's when you feel like you've you've done everything, you achieved everything in your life. And for me to win three in a row, I mean, I'm just blessed.
1: How would you describe the journey that you've kind of been on over the last few years? I mean, you go back to 2018, you're in St. Louis, your hometown team, like we said. And, uh, you know, the, the team was obviously struggling. You, you put it all together. You go on that great playoff run. You, you score one of the biggest goals in Blues history, that double overtime, game seven, game winner. You go on to win the Cup. You go down to to Tampa, Florida. You win another one in in a a crazy pandemic year. Then you come back and you do it again uh, in front of the the fans in Tampa. How would you describe the journey you've been on just the last three years alone?
0: Oh, it's been crazy. I think uh, it starts with my hometown. I think winning in St. Louis has been one of the best feelings in the world. You know, signing back with your hometown team, you know, a team that's never won the Stanley Cup that's, you know, never really got over the hump, but it's been so close. Been a lot of conference finals, but just couldn't get to the, you know, the NHL finals. So, um, you know, we we start off rough, but we came together there and we we off I think 11 in a row there. But um, for me, I think that was like the icing on the cake. I thought it was like okay, like am I ever gonna? I don't think if I ever won another one, like I don't know, like this might be it for me. I just wanted my hometown. I couldn't believe it, like first Stanley cup in 50 years, uh, the first ever to do it in St. Louis. You know, I scored that goal at double overtime. I mean, there were so many memories for me, you know, my family being there, my son being there, you know, you know, being around my wife from there. It just, everyone got to see that. It was just like an unbelievable feeling. And then, you know, you come down from the high that you were just on for, you know, two months of the summer And you go to a Tampa team that's a very good hockey team that, you know, lost in the first round to Columbus, you know, they had a chip on their shoulder and, you know, the the pandemic hits in like March 12th and they're like, are we ever going to, you know, have an opportunity to, you know, run this back? And we get to the bubble and, you know, we had this feeling in our team that like, we are not leaving the bubble until we bring that Stanley cup back to Tampa. And it was certainly a different feel, right? You win your first one. It was like remarkable. You're in front of fans, you know, the, the parade, you know, it's your hometown team. And then, you know, you went, you went in during a pandemic year. And then when you get home, you just don't feel like there's a pandemic cause you it's Tampa is it wide open. We're having a boat parade. We're celebrating. It was just unbelievable. But to win back to back was cool. It was, like, I didn't really realize, you know, family and friends were texting me, like, you, like, you just went back to back. I mean, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of people that have done it, but, like, like, you're in history books now. Like, people do it, but, like, that's pretty cool itself. And then, you know, this year comes around and we had this, you know, you know, we were a good team. And we had this, like, mentality of, like, we didn't really have a cup party last year, so, like, wouldn't it be cool if we just went in front of our home home crowd and, like, that's what we want to play for. Like, we were playing to win it on our homes like, in front of our own fans, in our barn. And we want to have a cup days. Like, we didn't have our cup days the year before. So, like, we want to have cup days. You know, it's, America's pretty much open back up. Canada's almost opened back up. Like, everyone's going to get their day with the cup. Like, let's go run this back so we can actually enjoy it and celebrate how we're supposed to celebrate and the second one was i think the coolest you know like the second cup of tampa because it was the hardest one i think uh short season playing every other day kucherov out you know injuries uh throughout the year and then getting players back for the playoffs kuchero goes down the last game of the year just with so many good players come in and fill a big role and the way we grinded and sacrificed our bodies and the way we put it out every single night, I think it was just truly remarkable. And um, yeah, the second one I think was pretty much you know the best one you know the first one with tap was great but i think the second one had a really good feeling to it
1: yeah it was so much fun to to watch and follow along from syracuse of course the nhl affiliate the lightning back-to-back cups and and all the fans here watching all the guys who've come through syracuse winning those cups it, it has really been such a such a fun team to watch over the last uh, few years uh, in, while we, you know, we'll, we'll circle back to present day and, and what's going on uh, a little bit later on. But since we've now brought up the crunch, we'll, we'll kind of shift our focus to your time uh, with the crunch when you were here way back in uh, the 2010 through 2012 seasons. Uh, a lot has changed, obviously, since then. And, and for maybe people who don't know your backstory, you were drafted by the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, didn't quite pan out there in that organization, but uh, got traded to the Anaheim Ducks organization in, in November of 2010, brought you here to Syracuse. Uh, when you take yourself back to that moment when you, know, you were traded to the Ducks organization, you know, do you remember where you were? What, what was going through your head when uh, you know, you've got a, a fresh start, a new start with a new organization?
0: Yeah, I think um, that's not a way to go out. I think being sent home from the Flyers was, a, you know, a wake up call for myself, my family. Uh, it's not a mark you want, and not a reputation you want, obviously, in that pro career and moving forward. But uh, Anaheim took a chance to me, and you know, I ended up getting traded to Syracuse, and it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, it was. Um, very good, um, you know. Moving to Syracuse, I actually loved Syracuse. By the way, uh, I have never got to say that. That was probably one of my favorite spots to play. Probably my favorite spot to play in the minors. I love the city. There's a lot to do, and uh, but yeah, it's, it was a tough. It was a tough grind. My my headspace was. It was either I was going to retire, go back home, and you know, take care of my kid, or. You know, I put it all together and I sacrifice it and, you know, get my act together and, you know, figure out how I'm going to make the best life for my son at home and my future family, because that's what I need to do. I need to, you know, work hard for him and uh, be someone to look up to. So um, I think about those times, I think it was some bad times, but it was probably some of the best times in my life knowing that it was a wake-up call and it was probably the best thing to happen to i get traded to syracuse crunch we had a good team <clears throat> you know i came in we didn't make the playoffs my first year or uh had a good year and then my second year training kind of took over it was probably a good mentor for me and myself and my pro career he kind of took me under his wing he believed in me he thought i could play in the nhl i ended up having a heck of a year that year I think I ended up putting up 74 points for the crunch we lost in the first round though to St. John's we got swept but I thought we had a really good team you know to do some work and damage in the Calder Cup but you know it just obviously wasn't our year but you know those those times in the crunch were one of my favorite times you know I felt comfortable I you know I I produced in Syracuse the fans were unbelievable sold out every single night we had good teams and um it was just good, a good community too, so uh, that's probably the best thing ever happened to me, especially when Trent Yanni took over.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that that season, and we can start there with the 2011-12 the year, and you mentioned Trent Yanni takes over the team, you had a, like, talent-wise, there was a lot of good players, You'd Nick Benino, uh, Peter Holland, Kyle Palmieri, among many others, including yourself on that team, but... Kind of a up and down start to the year. Then Trent takes over, and you guys go on that great run down the stretch. You you make the playoffs. You do run into the St. John's, but you know what, what stands out from you know the players on that team to 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 Trent to everything that happened during the course of that season uh, for you.
0: Well, I think what stands out to me is just like we had everyone on that team. I think Brian McGrath was down that year, and he got traded. Uh, Nick Benino, Kyle Palmieri, Peter Holland, um, God, Matt Clark, um, Dan Sexton was there. I think Brendan McMillan was there at one point, wasn't he? Or or Matt Bolesky. I mean we a lot of good names that like went on and are still playing in the NHL or had successful careers or years in the NHL. And that's what kinda of stands out to me is just like how much talent we had on that team and how much we we moved on to the NHL that either they had a two year, three year career or they're still playing five-year career. It just goes to show you how much talent we had and how much, um, how many good young players uh, Anaheim Ducks system had. And I think Treyani did an amazing job of teaching us, you know, what it takes to get to the next level. And this is what you need to do. And I'm telling you, if you do these things, you will have a successful career. And some of us took advantage of it, and obviously some of us, some didn't. But you know, we had a great group of guys that year I think Nate Gannon was there and one of my best friends and I just think you know you had a veteran group that was around and you know taught the young guys you know how to be pros and but I think Trangani was such a good mentor to not only me but a lot of other players he was hard on us but in a good way that mean he cared about us so um, it was a great adapt adaption I think we we were I don't think we were in playoffs when he took over and then we strung off all these wins to make it to the playoffs I thought we were gonna have a huge run in the playoffs that year but we ran into a good St. John's team but yeah I think most importantly is just the culture of Trangani and how he wanted things to be and uh, just the young talent we had and all those names you just listed off
1: yeah it was a exciting run down the stretch for sure it's fun to watch from that perspective and and, you know, things have obviously affiliation changes over the years. Uh, Anaheim was only here for two years is now going on the 10th season with the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So there's a lot of certainly new faces and a lot has changed over the years. But from the people who've been here from uh, from the start, uh, when you were here and are still here, they all rave about you. And I was talking to uh, strength and conditioning coach Mark Powell earlier. And, and you know, he he could not talk enough about your work ethic here in syracuse uh, what was it like to work with uh, mark powell when you, you know you first get to syracuse uh, uh get to the gym uh, get ready to get on the ice that uh, clean slate like we were talking about uh, uh tell us about mark powell and your your relationship with him
0: yeah me and mark had actually a really good relationship i mean there would be games we after games we'd head over to the irish pub right across the street from the world memorial and uh we just shoot the shit maybe have a beer and uh, you know, we, he, he was a good mentor for me, he taught me, you know, the work ethic and, you know, how to be a pro every single day. And he, he made sure I was working hard in the gym. He made sure I was doing my work and making sure I was on top of it too. So you need a trainer like that. You need a guy that's going to make sure he holds you accountable and you're working every single day. But, you know, on side of that being a really good relationship, so, you know, it was great. You know, we saw him, he got to celebrate with us after we won it was just great to see Mark. He's such a great smile, you know, he never had a bad day and you know, he cares about his players and that's the most important thing. When a trainer cares about your players, you know, they're going to succeed and have success. So uh, me and Paul had a great relationship and I'm just so happy he's still there. It's good. You need a guy like that for young guys that come in that really don't know the city of Syracuse. He can kind of help them and, you know, walk them around Syracuse if they need help with anything where they need to live. He's a good mentor for that so uh me and mark had a great relationship he, he, like i said he always held me accountable
1: uh, and i i gotta say i don't think there was any person more excited at least here in syracuse uh, when when you won the cup with st louis uh, that your first of the three uh, well, he was smiling through the roof here it was great to see and you could tell you know obviously his relate the relationship with you means a lot to him uh, as well, you know, when you look back at your your two years though here in Syracuse, I, I know you kind of talked about it already of, of how important it was. But when in the grand scheme of your career, how how important were the two years that you spent here in Syracuse to to help get you to where you are today?
0: Well, yeah, I kind of touched on it. I think yeah, they're very important. I think uh, there was a lot of veterans there. In my first year, Josh Green, Joey DePenta, they kind of taught me a lot of the ropes like I named one before Nate Gannon guys that kind of, you know, been up and down before played in the NHL before, uh, been there and just kind of took me in and told me, Hey, if you can, you know, do some things, put the work in. And, um, you know, I did that. It was fun. And, uh, I think and uh, I ended up playing my first ever two games with the crunch, um, that uh i think 2010 2011 season or 2009 2010 season so yeah i look back at syracuse it has had a huge huge impact on my career in so many levels uh that sometimes you can't even explain because like you have the coaches you have the veteran players you have the you know the workers around there and everyone that's a part of it um you know, they're all part of your success.
1: When you talk about Syracuse and the Crunch, I mean, obviously they've gone hand in hand with the American Hockey League for so long and and uh, you know, it's been a long time since you've been in the AHL. But uh, these days, uh, I mean, it, it, there's so many players who come through the AHL how important is this league in the development process and and we see it firsthand now with with the tampa bay lightning how much they value development and you've obviously being from you know up top now you see the guys coming through i mean ross colton is a great example he was you know here for a couple of years started last season here with the crunch ended up scoring the stanley cup clinching goals so uh, you know what? What what role does the AHL have? Did it have on you, and does it currently uh, continue to have today on on players, first and foremost, in the Lightning organization, but then you know across the NHL?
0: Yeah, I think the AHL has a huge impact on all of us because majority of the players start in the American League and then they work themselves up. And I, the one thing I can tell kids and now that are playing in the American League, just because you don't make it to the NHL the first two years doesn't mean you're never going to make it to the NHL. I didn't make the NHL until my fifth year in the American Hockey League. So it just goes to show you I have over 350 games in the American League. And, you know, I never thought I was going to make it. But in the back of my head, and that's why you have family, that's why you have friends, it's like you're one shot away from making it. And the lockout hit, I end up making it uh, that lockout year. So there's so much – there's so much – opportunity to grow in the american league and i think it helps players because mm-hmm. i think sometimes when you get rushed into the nhl you know some kids have short careers some have long careers i think if you stay in the american league and you you mature you know how to be a pro you know what it takes you get a couple glimpses up in the nhl and you get sent down like once you get a taste of it, you want you're hungry for more and I try to explain kids that now, like the NHL is a great hockey league and it's good for your development. It's good for your maturity level. It's good to learn the ropes. It's, you know, if you get sent down, it's not the end in the world. You're still going to the second best league in the world and uh, you have another opportunity. So um, never give up on your opportunity. In like it's, it's always there to help you. It's always here to develop you. So, like I said, it took me five years to make it. But at the end of the day, I ended up did making it. And uh, it's never too, you're never down there too long. Always live out your dream and um, you'll get that opportunity.
1: Pat Maroon is our guest here on the show. And, and, uh, you know, you were here only two years in Syracuse. And it's been quite a long time now. You've you've, uh, gone across the league and whatnot. But... Uh, what stands out to you the most on your two years in Syracuse, whether it's uh, a moment on the ice, uh, you know, something off the ice, interacting with the fans, whatever it might be. What what stands out to you the most uh, about your time in Syracuse?
0: That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I think what stands out to me the most are, like, the fans, I guess. You know, they were passionate about it. You know, they showed up every single night. If it was a Wednesday or a Tuesday night, they were there, packed house, I think i just enjoyed my time in syracuse you know i guess when you have a good a good year you're always going to say you know like those things right so um i had a very good year that year there's a lot of good memories
1: Yeah, for sure. We always hear that. I think, I mean, all my time here, I've heard the same thing, how passionate, how loyal, how uh, dedicated the fans are here in Syracuse. And uh, I, I've seen it, my, my own eyes as well. There's no doubt about it. They're some of the best uh, in the AHL. And that's why the the market has been so strong for uh, 28 years now, Uh, as we kind of shift back to uh, more of the present day uh, for where you are and and what's happening these days. I mean, we got to talk about another guy who's come through Syracuse, although, it was pretty brief uh, head coach John Cooper who you've been with uh, in multiple places now uh, it, it's it's no surprise I don't think to anyone who's ever dealt with him why he's been successful but what has John Cooper meant to, to you in your career
0: yeah he's meant a lot I mean he he developed me as a young kid when I was in juniors with them uh, you know we, we played together in Texarkana together uh, I was still in high school. I was a junior in high school, and he mentored me to be, you know, a good kid and, uh, and uh, you know, trying to make me to a, you know, a very good hockey player. And um, it's just funny how you know things come full circle. Um, that you know, the following year too, you know, it's my second year with them, and we have a very strong team. We win together. And, uh, you know, we kind of came up together, you know, he went off to the USHL, I went to the OHL after that year, and we kind of just, you know, we moved back and forth. Um, But he was such a huge, he's a huge of me and my career, Um, but he's been a huge mentor to me. He's always believed in me. He's always given me credit, you know, when sometimes credit's not due, so... And that's why he's a very good hockey coach. You know, he believes in his kids, and uh, he believed in his uh, his team. And uh, but yeah, you know, it comes full circle that you know the last two years we have won three championships together now, and uh, it's pretty cool.
1: I know. I remember the one one of the key themes when he was here. He was only here for half of a season uh, before he got promoted to the Lightning. Uh, but one of the key themes was you know family the team is a family you, you got to be tight on the ice you got to be tighter off the ice and that's been a theme for the lightning organization since uh he he took over up top why is that so important for a team and and what is your role i, I know you get called the glue guy your key presence in the locker room. what what makes you so effective and and why is that such an important part of a team
0: yeah for sure i think you kind of touched on it. i think you know Cook's a big believer and uh you know, for getting guys together, having team things, team bonding. I think that's, I think, in the locker room, when championships. Out there, you just kind of do your thing, right? And I think when you're inside a locker room and making sure everyone's getting along and everyone's having fun off the ice, it's gonna it's gonna relay on the ice. I think that's the most important thing. And uh, obviously, my role has changed in so many ways the last, you know, two years with Tampa. You know, being the glue guy. You know, trying to get everyone together. You know. Saying what I, you know, think is right, um, getting the guys together, and uh, you know, just being fun and having a great day in the locker room, and making sure I have a smile on my face. Little things like that. That, you know, some guys are gonna have bad days. Listen, we we all have bad days. We're not gonna have a good day every day, but um, I think the most importantly is just getting the guys together because once you do it in the room and everyone's getting along, everyone's having fun away from the ring. You know, go sit down and have a couple beers with the boys. It all translates on the ice, and that's the most important thing. And obviously, my rules change a little bit over the time, but you know I love it. You know, you know that's what I'm here for. I'm I'm trying to be a mentor to young kids and what it takes to stay in the NHL. And you know, it's just not going to be roses when you get called up. You're going to have to work your way up. You know, we we all start on the fourth line, and uh, you got to you got to work your way up. And uh, if you do that and you stick to it and uh, everything will be good.
1: Yeah, it's worked out. Back-to-back uh, Stanley Cups for the Lightning. You've won three straight overall. I'm, I'm curious. I know last year uh, you didn't, uh, I mean, the whole team did not get the day with the Cup. You said that's kind of one of the driving forces behind uh, going out and winning it again this year. What's, uh, what's in your mind, the perfect uh, day with the Cup that you get?
0: Yeah, this year I'm just taking it to my hometown here uh, in St. Louis, and uh, where I grew up. They are doing a little pep rally for me at the high school I went to, and, uh taken around town and then taken to an ice rink uh for public appearance for uh for people to come take a picture with it. So very light, uh very special, something that, you know, that has a special heart to me. That's the reason why I got to the IHL is uh, you know, the community and uh, ice rinks and you know, high school. So things that I touch back on in my uh, younger ages. So it's going to be a great day and obviously we have a party at night with all my closest friends and family so it's going to be a great day. It,
1: it, we've seen uh, some photos here over the last couple of days of guys eating the different things out of the cup as always. Uh, we saw poutine, we saw whatever else. Uh, do you uh, do you go with anything out of the cup in terms of uh, eating out of there?
0: Yeah, my first year we did the famous toasted raviolis that are made in St. Louis. So Right. So it's, it was good. So I don't know what this year holds but we will figure it out.
1: <laughs> well, it's great to see it's it's great to see the success. Uh I I know uh you know it's it's been fun to watch from afar here in Syracuse uh You've got your son along for the ride, as always. Uh, you've got a daughter on the way, so congrats uh, uh, for that. Uh, we we look forward to seeing uh, your family continue to grow. And uh, we know you're very generous with the time today, so we appreciate that. And we uh, we wish you luck uh, here in the upcoming season as you, you look to make it four in a row and three in a row with the Tampa Bay Lightning.
0: Sounds good. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, tell the Syracuse Crunch fans I said hi.
1: We certainly appreciate Pat Maroon for giving us some time here to become our very first guest on Crunch Chronicles. And we wish him the best for sure this upcoming season with the Tampa Bay Lightning as the Lightning look to make it three consecutive Stanley Cups and Patty Maroon looks to make it four consecutive Stanley Cups. Wouldn't that be great for him and for the organization once again? Just a reminder, though, Pat Maroon spent two seasons here in Syracuse, 2010 to 2012. He played in 57 games in his first year. 48 points for him, 21 goals uh, with the crunch that first season. And then year two, he was great. 74 points in 75 games, 32 goals for Pat Maroon that year. And you heard him talk about that season and how good that team was and and what they thought they might have been able to do throughout the course of that season, especially in the second half of the year. But uh, just a great two years in Syracuse for Pat Maroon. He went on to uh, well stay in the Ducks organization for a couple of more years. He played... With the Norfolk Admirals the following season mainly, Norfolk and and uh, Syracuse just swapped affiliates. The uh, Anaheim Ducks went to Norfolk and Tampa Bay came to Syracuse. So he was in Norfolk the following year. Then was with the Ducks for a couple of years, Edmonton for a few more years, New Jersey, and then finally finding his way to the St. Louis Blues, where he started his run of three consecutive Stanley Cups. So again, uh, we appreciate him giving us some time here today, and we wish him all the best. Would love to hear from all of you low listening uh, if you have any good Pat Maroon stories from his time here in Syracuse you'd like to share with me and and share with the rest of the audience feel free to email them to me El Favali at Syracusecrunch.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on the episode, on the show, any ideas you might have on the show and and other guests to have. But we would certainly love to share uh, your stories as well about about your experience with Pat Maroon here in Syracuse, or maybe you came across him over the last few years in Tampa Bay, whatever it may be. We'd love to hear your Pat Maroon stories and share uh, as many as we can uh, over the next couple of weeks. Okay, let's get to some of the current news now for The Crunch as we uh, get ready for the 2021-2022 season. The majority of these episodes moving forward will focus on our Crunch alumni and, and the guests we have uh, each week, but we will certainly each week also give a little update on, on what's going on with Crunch present day. If there are any uh, significant pieces of news to share, we'll certainly share them here on Crunch Chronicles. And and obviously right now we're just uh, heading into September, just about a month and change away from the start of the regular season here. It's gone so fast, another very quick off season, which... I know we're all excited to rejoin uh, uh, the Upstate Medical University Arena, have the fans back in the building. I'm sure everyone by now has seen the news that the Crunch uh, released uh, this past week, if you're listening to this episode on time, uh, that uh, all fans in attendance, 12 and over, who are eligible for the vaccine must be vaccinated and provide proof of vaccination uh, to attend Crunch games at Upstate Medical University Arena this year. So make note of that. Obviously, all of this, as was announced at the time, is subject to change as the flow of this pandemic continues. But uh, at this very moment, that is where we stand. So uh, we're very much looking forward to having uh, everyone in the building, but we'll need to have that proof of vaccination uh, to attend uh, a game in Syracuse, at least at the start of the year. Uh, So keep that in mind as we move forward. The Crunch also have announced their preseason schedule, a two-game preseason slate for the Crunch. This upcoming season, early October, the the Crunch will have a home game on a Saturday against the Utica Comets and then Sunday on the road against the Rochester Americans. That Saturday game against the Comets is a 5 o'clock start. That is Saturday, the 9th of October for the Crunch, a home game. The first time the Crunch will have any fans in the building. Uh, sure there'll be some information about tickets and whatnot, especially for season ticket members all coming your way. Uh, Again, if you're listening to this on time, coming your way shortly and if maybe you're a week or two behind you probably already had that information already so that's the ninth and then the tenth three o'clock game in rochester against the Amherst. so a couple of the teams that crunch will be facing most frequently this year get them out of the way in the preseason uh remember the crunch only have two opponents now in New York State. They lost their other opponent, the Binghamton Devils. Uh, Binghamton no longer has an AHL team. The Devils, though, are in Utica with the Comets after Vancouver moved their affiliate out to British Columbia and to Abbotsford. So down to just three teams in New York State, which is uh, it's kind of weird to think of that. Only a few years ago, there was teams in Syracuse, Rochester, Utica, Adirondack, Glens Falls, Binghamton. I mean, that's five teams. Now we're down to three. And uh, we're very much looking forward to the rivalry between Syracuse and Rochester and Syracuse and Utica continuing this upcoming year. Sure, it's old news now, but the Crunch had a uh, pretty good uh, free agency from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Crunch should be a pretty competitive team as we get closer to this season. And as uh, training camps get underway, we get a more defined look of what the Crunch might be. We'll dive into that a lot more. Uh, But expect a pretty good team here in Syracuse uh, once the season gets rolling around in the uh, middle of October when the Crunch open their regular season on the road in Cleveland against the Cleveland Monsters on October 15th. We'll have more crunch news every week right here on Crunch Chronicles. And each Monday, you can catch Crunch Chronicles wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to subscribe, like, download, review. Let us know what we're doing right, what you want to hear here on the show each and every week. We've got another very good guest lined up next week. Another former member of the Crunch, obviously, and a a guy who was here during the Lightning affiliation. Now a guy who's out West just a bit stay tuned for that next week here on crunch chronicles that'll do it for us here today appreciate once again pat maroon for joining us thank you for listening again feel free to like uh, the show subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and join us each and every week for another crunch alumni and a special guest right here on crunch chronicles